Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. We're going to talk about tonight the errors that we've seen in deliverance ministry as deliverance ministers, as preachers that believe that deliverance, someone type this in the chat, deliverance is for today, that casting out demons did not end in the book of Acts, it did not end after the cross, that deliverance is the children's bread, and that God desires all believers to cast out demons. Every one of us has the power, we all have the authority, there's no special anointing, so what me and Vlad feel like is that because we believe in deliverance, we don't want to water it down. We don't want to speak against it tonight. We believe deliverance is for every believer to do. We want to also make sure in that same sense that we are responsible for whether we see errors, whether we've taught things that we might want to say, hey, we don't think that's right. We should change the way we do this or do that. We also want to be voices of reason to point out any errors that we see in deliverance ministry. And one thing, Vlad, I'll say is why I think people in deliverance ministry are vulnerable to error is for two reasons. Number one, we're dealing with people. So guys, Mm -hmm. remember in deliverance, don't be so hard on deliverance or on deliverance ministers. You have to realize we're dealing with imperfect people. And so I wanna make sure that we extend grace to people Mm -hmm. And there is room for error. Anytime you're stepping out doing what God's called you to do, there's room for error. No one has it perfect. No one has it all 100% right. So we we don't want to be these sticklers that are like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is error, this is error. But we want to make sure that you know that we love deliverance. We want to see deliverance. And tonight, we are not trying to talk anybody out of deliverance. We're trying to talk you into the calling that God has for your life. So um, that's number one is we're dealing with people. Number two is we're dealing with demons. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you're doing deliverance, you're dealing with demons and demons are sly. They're cunning. They are deceptive. Mm -hmm. And so we have to realize that this is part of deliverance ministry. So what we Mm -hmm. don't want to do is we don't want to say anything goes, but we also don't want to restrict the move of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that biblical principles stay in order. We're not, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, a lot of the guys that teach against deliverance, most of them that I've listened to, they were, had a bad encounter with deliverance, right? They were abused Mm -hmm. in deliverance ministry. They saw abuse. And I want to say right now that just because you had a bad experience does not mean deliverance is not valid. Your bad Mm -hmm. experiences don't nullify the power of God delivering someone. So Mm -hmm. tonight, we don't want to discourage deliverance. We want to encourage deliverance. Vlad, do you want to intro anything about tonight, what we're going to talk about, or some thoughts you might have when it comes to calling out error? I agree with you. I think that, honestly, I think the first error of uh, deliverance ministry is when a person is not doing deliverance at all. Wow. Because uh, you can steer a moving car, the moment people are waiting to get everything right or to learn all of the nuts and bolts of how to do deliverance without stepping out by faith and begin to practice that this, what Jesus told us to do, then I think this is where a lot of errors are going to be born. I mean, we, we will address certain things that we see that are happening and it's not necessarily what we see happening in other people. I'm going to address issues that uh, I made mistakes in and things that we're growing in. And I, I think it's very important to be merciful to people who are actually learning and people who are hungry to learn, people who are aligning themselves with other ministers and saying, hey, speak into my life. If you see something off in my uh, ministry of the way I do deliverance or the way I present things, hey, present present me the case, you know, speak to me. Don't just create a video on YouTube and, and 
punch a video out hoping that you're going to get my attention. That is not way. That's not the way that the attention is going to get um, from us people who do this. And so I would say the first thing is the the biggest thing that we have to focus on is make sure that we're doing it. Because if we're not doing it and we're only learning and learning and learning and learning, deliverance is one of those things that it's it's more. It's more learned in experience than in explanation because the Bible actually does not have a manual. I mean, we see these seven major deliverances that Jesus did and we can kind of take some lessons out of them. But in reality, we don't have a ritual. We don't have a manual. We just depend on the name of Jesus. We depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. And we also treat people with respect. We treat people with dignity. And then we just go for it. And so disciples, 72 disciples went and you know, the Bible doesn't say that they had a very thorough education or knowledge even about the demonic realm. They just went and they came back with joy because demons were obedient to them. And so uh, I'm excited to learn today as well. I'm excited today for other people to learn. And I think that we're all on the learning process where we're getting better moving from glory to glory. That's good. And I want to say tonight, rejection is, I'm sorry, correction is not rejection. So don't sit back and say, oh no, they're talking about me or they're talking about so-and-so and and they're rejecting a certain person or a certain ministry or a certain thing. We're Mm -hmm. not doing that. We're bringing correction as we are responsible to, to the body of Christ. You know, we have a deliverance map of that Vlad, some of Vlad's teams a part of. I'm, I obviously, we run the deliverance map and we have over 1500 people on there. So that is a responsibility. We don't take it lightly that God has made us responsible as voices for his kingdom, voices Mm -hmm. for what he's doing. And Jesus corrected the disciples when it came to deliverance. They came and said, you know, even the demons are subject and they were excited. And Jesus didn't say, oh, you know, don't be excited. Oh, don't do this and discourage them. But Jesus said, yeah, that's great. That's great. But understand the, the greater reality is that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Like there's a greater Mm -hmm. reality. Now he wasn't discouraging them saying, don't cast out devils. He was saying the greater reality is what does deliverance lead to? And it leads to salvation. So everything we're doing is leading to Christ. It's leading to Jesus. So that's, that's the main thing we have to focus on is deliverance ministry is about Jesus and it's his ministry. So we're not Mm -hmm. looking to Isaiah, which I think a big error, we could just start Mm -hmm. here is looking to men or certain women for our deliverance and not looking Mm -hmm. to Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So our calling, Mm -hmm. and when it comes to deliverance, is we're looking to Christ. God does not have a plan B when it comes to setting people free. And I don't know, maybe that rhymed right there. God doesn't have a plan B. So God's not like, okay, I want to free these people. And if you guys decide you want to be lazy and you don't want to do deliverance and you don't want to believe in it, I have a second plan B that I'll do. No, we're God's plan for setting other people free. The Mm -hmm. church is God's answer to a world in bondage. Like the church Mm -hmm. is God's plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. He's not like, well, if the church doesn't work out, I'll try something else. Like the church of Jesus Christ, us coming together and driving out demons is God's plan. So he he instituted it. He started it. He gave us power to do it. So before you look to somebody, like whether it's for error or whether it's for, oh, this is what Isaiah does or this is what Vlad does. No, it's what Jesus did. That's why we do it. It's Jesus. So some people might say, well, you guys, well, no, we we didn't start it. Jesus did. And we're just merely echoing and we're the messengers of what Jesus did. And so it has to become normal. It's not like an option. It's not a, a suggestion. It's mm-hmm. Jesus's ministry and we're called to do the ministry of Jesus. So I think that if, we, we, if we're not looking to Jesus, we, we're always going to find error. 
I could find mm -hmm. error in anybody. You could find er error mm -hmm. in anybody. It doesn't take a prophetic gift. It takes an obvious gift to find error in mm -hmm. people. So it's not fault finding. There is correction that needs to take place. And as of recent, mm -hmm. in the last six months, I've personally, Vlad, and you, you might want to touch on this as well. I've seen some alarming teachings and I'm like, okay, some of these people follow my ministry. Some of these people, they look to me as authority in their life. And I've watched them teach things that are just flat out in my, in my mind, they're, they're destructive. They don't bring honor and glory to God and they can make a bad representation on the gospel. And so of mm -hmm. course we're going to talk about some of those tonight, but at the end of it all, it's like, man, I want more people doing deliverance. Jesus sent them out. Okay, he didn't say you got to be perfect. You're not, you don't make any mm -hmm. mistakes. They made mistakes and they came back and he's like, yeah, y'all mm -hmm. are making a mistake by elevating deliverance above salvation. That was a mm -hmm. mistake, right? And he corrected them and they kept on. He didn't, he didn't say, oh, you can't be my disciple. So we want to make sure we're not crushing anybody's spirits. So please, if you feel like I don't even want to do deliverance now because they're saying everything I'm doing is wrong. That's not what we're saying at all. We're, we're coming with love. The Bible says if we are really genuine children, then God will correct us. So um, let's jump into let's jump into this, Vlad. You want to start us off with the first error that you've seen in deliverance ministry, and then we're just gonna roll. We're gonna just kind of tag team this, guys. We're gonna just go from point to point, back and forth with each other, and just share some things. This is not us just like some elaborate theological teaching. If that's what you came mm -hmm. for, this is a conversation that we genuinely want to have to the body of Christ and to believers to bring some correction and to show you where we stand. And I think, let me just say this real quick, Vlad, and I'll pass it to you. I think that we could also speak on behalf of Apostle Pagani and Pastor Mike as well. I think they would agree mm -hmm. with us on pretty much everything we're saying. Of course, if they don't, they, they feel, can feel free to say what they believe as well. But I think for the most part, we all have a similar agreement on a lot of the mm -hmm. stuff I think we're going to discuss tonight as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think this concept that and you, you brought that up, Isaiah, concerning that somehow deliverance ministries exalt deliverance above Jesus or healing ministry exalts healing above Jesus. I don't know where people get that. I mean, maybe maybe there are some people who actually kind of emphasize that. But I also feel like when you get exposed to something and it's beginning to work in your life, you get too excited about it. I think that's normal when yes. people get like those disciples, they came back with joy and excitement. Jesus wasn't trying to, you know, destroy that joy by saying, hey, guys, whatever you're doing is not important. And so but they get they get really excited about, hey, demons actually are coming out. This is real. Wow. I never thought this is possible. And so but for us, people who do the ministry of deliverance and everybody who's watching, we must understand that it's not about deliverance. It's actually about people coming closer to Jesus Christ and whatever hindrance they're experiencing currently is being removed by the process of sanctification and deliverance is just that process of sanctification. Sanctification is not above salvation, but every Christian needs it. So I don't see why we should blow deliverance out of proportion or making make it seem like deliverance is such a big deal. Yes, it's a big deal. So is sanctification. Deliverance is just part of our sanctification. It's part of removing things that are not of Jesus and then breaking certain strongholds and removing those demonic powers. So the first thing that I want to mention that I see is um, is in the ministry of deliverance is not preserving the dignity of the person that is yeah. receiving deliverance. Um, and honestly, I will be the first one to admit that we've done a mistake in this area and really are trying to grow in this area as well. Um, for years before um, 
our deliverance ministry I guess was more known online we've done these monthly last Sunday of the month deliverance for at least that I could think of right now seven years in a row I mean we did it on Christmas we did it on Easter service because if it fell on the last Sunday of the month it didn't matter which Sunday it was we did the Come deliverance on. and um, and so one of the things that in the beginning I would say that we got really excited about is you know the fact that demons were manifesting the fact that demons were coming out and um, and maybe that excitement allowed us to honestly treat people as as projects because we were young we were not mature and I think that throughout time we started to recognize uh, that deliverance ministry has to it has to remove the demon but it cannot belittle the dignity and the value of the person the only reason why deliverance ministry exists is because of how much God loves the people he actually loves this individual and this person. Now, this does not mean that deliverance doesn't have to... We, we cannot allow manifestation. We cannot allow um, all of these uh, uh, dramatic things that happen sometimes during deliverance. But at the end of the day, it's not about the show. It's about a person having freedom. People are not projects. During deliverance, people cannot should not get hurt. A lot of times, you know, I've seen this during deliverance where uh, a minister will grab the person's hair and start pulling like back and forth, like they're playing with a toy. Now, I understand some people who would say things like, well, I'm not seeing the person, I'm seeing a demon in the person and that's why I punched them. Well, you didn't punch a demon, you actually first punched a person. Come on. And the demon did not get hurt because you hit that person in the chest or you hit that person in the head. And so um, I know that it's practiced in some of the other cultures where during deliverance there's a lot of um, actually violence that is done against the person under the umbrella that I'm just attacking the demon. I know Smith Wigglesworth went and punched people because he saw the devil in people and but you and I are not Smith Wigglesworth and so uh, you, you and I should not be doing that. Another, see, another thing that I see a part of not seeing the dignity in the person is, is not having any kind of follow-up when the person gets delivered. Uh, it's one thing when the person is delivered, manifestation happened in the moment. But I think where deliverance ministry, we a lot of times what we do is we move on very quickly That's and we good. almost like leave this person alone. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of resources. And one of the things that we started to change in our ministry is when people receive deliverance that we have people actually follow each deliverance minister, now we're talking about deliverance that is happening at the altar. We're, ha we're talking about deliverance that is happening at the prayer line uh, where a person is assigned to every deliverance minister and is taking notes of what the demon said, of what the person was being delivered of. And then we have a, a database where that stuff is being inputted and then dates when the follow-up was being done, whether it's through a text message, whether it was through a call or whether it's through an email. And then when we upload the videos of those people, it's another huge thing that I found out that some people do is that you have to have permission or people have to know they're being recorded. A lot of times what I see these guys is they see the deliverance ministry is getting exposed online and so like everybody grabs their phone now like literally a person just coughed and that's it like three phones are already recording that person because now we want to become TikTok famous by posting crazy manifestations and it's not deliverance is not done for TikTok deliverance is done for transformation deliverance is done for that person's uh, uh, deliverance I'm not against recording deliverance but people have to be aware they're being recorded and we also have to have their permission to post those deliverances but the best 
remedy or the best practice that I've seen is that before those things are posted, before those testimonies are shared, it's important that the follow-up is done. Now, I don't have the ability to follow up on every person, but we have a team now that follows up on every person that gets delivered. And sometimes, actually, we hear back that their life is actually worse. Their life is harder. And that's something that we teach people is that deliverance changes your location. It does not change your situation. Israel, when they start getting delivered from Pharaoh, their life got worse, not better. When they got completely delivered from Pharaoh, they didn't enter the promised land. They went there, they entered the wilderness. And so we, we have to teach wow. people properly instead of creating this fairy tale ending that the moment demons are gone, you know, your husband's going to come back. All of your sicknesses are going to be gone. You're going to get the money. You're going to get the job, everything. And sometimes that's exactly what what happens the moment you get delivered everything changes and a lot of times when you get delivered what happens is actually all the battles begin before this you had bondage and after deliverance now you have the battle and so the follow-up is very important because it helps us also to know are we feeding people with unrealistic ideas are we feeding people with some lies that are not in the scripture of what deliverance will do to them and so it causes us to reevaluate re and teach them the truth and point them to the cross and point them to obedience to Jesus no matter what they're going through and no matter what battles they're facing. Another part that I see that really elevates the dignity of a person in deliverance is actually the interview before the person is being delivered. Now, for those of us who do one-on-one -on -one deliverance, of course, people fill out the application and then we have this, you know, conversation with them. For those of us who do deliverance in the local church, and sometimes there's this power encounter where people come to the altar, pam, 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 Holy Spirit is moving and that's great. And so we, we have those every single Sunday where people come for prayer, but the deliverance service is, is very specifically tailored where people come two hours before the service and they go through counseling. They confess their sins. They let our, our leaders hear them out about what they're going through. You know, they fill out the application. They sign the media release form. They watch testimonies for an hour and then they sit through the service and then at the end of the service we pray for them. And we saw that giving this attention, giving this, not only it opens them up for deliverance, but it also honestly elevates this person, their dignity and their value. I think that no matter how much anointing you have, how much gifting you have and what gifts you're operating, your anointing, your gift and your authority should never belittle the dignity of the person that Jesus died for and the person that Jesus has anointed you to deliver and set free. So good. And, I, you know, I think people are coming vulnerable as it is. And then sometimes we push them over the tipping point by abusing them in deliverance and in my mind I think and I've seen this over and over whether it's pushing someone at the altar whether it's like you just said we weren't protecting their dignity and you have people that are being ravaged by demons and they're vulnerable and they've been hurt mm -hmm. by demons and they come to us for help and then we just make things worse and and, not, and it's not that people are doing it intentionally guys yeah. but it's that we have to use common sense I was in a meeting recently. Let me give you guys a, just a practical example as Vlad was just saying. And a girl came up, was waiting to talk to me and a guy came up to her and said, you know, what, what do you need? What do you want? I'm, I was ear hustling. I was overhearing them talk while I was praying for somebody else. And he immediately started saying, you know, Jezebel, come out of her right now. I know this is a spirit. And the girl's like, wait, what? And the girl was literally talking to him normal. And he's like, I know this is a spirit speaking. I rebuke you, Satan. And I was so frustrated. We found wow. out the guy was not in the prayer team. We had to, you know, talk to her. I had a long talk mm -hmm. with her after basically had to clean up his mess, but he was mm -hmm. so zealous to see her delivered. He just thought everything, everyone and everyone he talked to at the altar had a demon and she was wow. not even manifesting. And so here she is. Now she's more hurt 
Now, after her encounter with this guy who was supposed to be praying for people and delivering people, than she was actually before. And so wow. these are things that happen all the time. Just on Sunday, this happened. Somebody was at the altar at our church, pushing somebody down, pushing, pushing, pushing. One of my prayer guy, one of the guys who helps out, runs the prayer team at our church, followed the girl out to the parking lot, follow up, followed her out and said, hey, I was watching that that guy pray for you by wow. chance because we're responsible for the guy that's on our prayer team was he pushing mm -hmm. you oh yeah you know he was pushing me okay that's an absolute no-no pushing for me i have no grace with pushing vlad i don't give you like second third no. fourth like if i see you pushing people down you're sitting down all right you're not going to be praying for people because it happens a lot and it turns people off and those people walk yeah. out and they never walk back in and for some of yeah. these people, we have one chance with them. So we have yeah. to make sure, guys, that we're protecting their dignity. We have to make sure that we're using, keyword, common sense. Okay, we oh. don't go out to people and say, devil, come out. I know this is a demon. The person's like, wait, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you mean. So I've, I've seen this over and over and over again. I think there's an assumption, Vlad, and I've seen this with people that are like, you know, they are against deliverance ministry or they make videos about us. They always say like, well, where's the follow-up? But they don't realize there's so much follow-up. We're doing discipleship with these people. We're mm -hmm. making sure they fill their house with the Holy Spirit. We're teaching them what to expect after deliverance. We're teaching them how to walk in dominion and not just go from yeah. deliverance to deliverance. Come on, somebody. Vlad yeah, has a book on. on this. So we're not just casting demons out. Now you guys might see, you guys might see the deliverance videos and the yeah. video's 15 seconds long, but the journey is us spending hours with these people. And by us, we're talking about our team. Now I do yeah. spend hours with people and so does Vlad at times, right? Mm -hmm. There's certain people, it's like, okay, God puts a burden. We need to deal with these people and spend time with them. And I've spent hours, I spent six hours, seven. I've been in meetings with eight hours of people before just wow. giving my life to this, right? But then there's mm -hmm. other times where we have team members follow up. We have discipleship, we have marriage classes, we have singles classes. We're teaching them how to live the disciple life how to follow Jesus. So please don't assume that because the video you watched was 15 seconds or 20 seconds or 20 minutes that we're not actually following up with these people, um, which leads me into my next, or I would say the next error that I've seen, Vlad, is people doing deliverance, but they lack spiritual discipline. This is, guys, listen, if you're a deliverance minister, you are an error if you're trying to do deliverance all the time and you don't pray and you don't fast, and you're not walking in holiness. If you don't have that lifestyle of relationship with God, then mm -hmm. you are in error. In Mark 9, mm -hmm. 29, when the disciples asked why they couldn't do a certain deliverance, uh -huh. Jesus said this type of spirit only mm -hmm. comes out by prayer and fasting. So there's an element of prayer and fasting in our life, and I'm seeing a trend of people that don't live a, a fasted and a lifestyle of prayer that want to jump on this deliverance train. And again, I am rebuking people, but I'm also doing this in love. And they think, well, I'm just gonna go cast out devils. I'm not gonna pray. I'm not gonna read. I'm not gonna live a holy life. I'm not gonna live discipline. I'm not gonna know the Bible. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. But I'm just gonna go cast demons out of people. And I talk to these people on a daily basis online and in person. I had someone mm -hmm. come to me just on Sunday that was like, I'm doing all these deliverances and I started asking them about their life and they're like, well, you know, I don't go to a church. I don't really have much of like a prayer life and I'm still trying to learn. You know, I don't really know the word much. And I'm just like, okay, do you read the Bible every day? Are you praying every day? And it's like, well, I'm casting out demons and guys, we're deliverance ministers. It's not enough. Okay. It's not enough yeah. to just do deliverance. You got to have a relationship with God. If you look at Acts 19, sons of mm -hmm. Sceva, the demons speak out and say, Peter, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Like, we don't know who you are in the spiritual realm. And the Bible says they were casting out demons in the name of the person um, in whom Paul preaches about. So they mm -hmm. knew, 
about Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. So it's not enough that you're on the Deliverance Network, you're in our live streams, and you know everything about us or about the ministry or how to cast out a devil and you know the 10 steps memorized. Do you know Jesus? Do you have relationship with him? Do you have intimacy? James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person has power. So we got to also live holy before God, righteous. So for any of you that are thinking that we don't teach righteousness, holiness, the consecrated life, you don't know us. You don't watch our stuff. We believe that you have to also have. So if you're not living that life, like you're not living it for real, I would say you don't have any business doing deliverance ministry. Work on yourself for now. Get your prayer mm -hmm. time with God down. Get your relationship with God right. And before you mm -hmm. try to cast out demons in the name of whom Isaiah preaches about, make sure mm -hmm. you know the person you're casting out demons in the name of. Like mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we know God for real. And the only wow. way, the only vehicle wow. to know God, Vlad, is prayer. Mm -hmm. This Come is on. the this is the tool God has given us. Come in on. fact, the Bible says that God is in the secret place in Matthew 6, 6. Uh -huh. Like Jesus tells us the Father's in secret. So mm -hmm. we can't just rely on experience. Come on, somebody. As, are mm -hmm. you guys still alive in the chat? We can't just rely on we're spiritual or we do deliverance or we cast out demons. I want to challenge every deliverance minister out there. There's many of you watching. I love you. I'm so glad you're doing this. But I want you to stop and think about do I have a real relationship with Jesus? Because that's what Come matters. Come on. Did they not prophesy? Did they not cast out devils? Many guys use that verse to say, oh, you know, casting out demons, you could still be not saved and do it. That's not what the verse is saying. The verse is saying, mm -hmm. you're doing thing, everything in the name of me, but you don't know me. Mm -hmm. I never knew you. There was never a point where we had that relationship okay. and you're, you're out casting out devils, but I never have that relationship with you. So the priority is relationship with God knowing mm -hmm. God, making God mm -hmm. known. So I think, Vlad, and if you want to touch on that, spiritual discipline's huge, right? We got to yeah. have a disciplined life. Um, you got to put your flesh into subjection. You don't let your flesh tell you what to do. You tell it what to do. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to be perfect because there are people yeah. that, you know, you have your struggles and battles and you're overcoming them, but that's you got to you gotta be holy. You don't have to be perfect, but you got to be holy. So I would say that's, that's a good. prerequisite. And we're in error if we're not teaching that or doing that and, and we're deliver deliverers and not living that. Isaiah, you highlighted really, really good scriptures about uh, Acts chapter 19 and Matthew chapter 7. And I think that, you know, the ministry of deliverance or exorcism really works by the authority of the name That's of good. Jesus. But it's possible to rely on the authority of the name of Jesus and not actually have any anointing in the Holy Spirit. Because authority, you can, I mean, the fact that these guys could cast out demons and prophesy and heal in His name and never knew Jesus, these are not backsliders. These are people who never knew. Jesus didn't say, I used to know you and then I stopped knowing you. So that means that they never had a born-again experience. They were never committed to Jesus Christ and they were able mm. to do that. That indicates that you can actually do exorcism you can do deliverance on somebody in the name of Jesus and get away with it and until you reach a, some deeper problem or demons that are way more way more powerful then you will have the son sons of Sceva situation but you can actually do a basic deliverance on I guess normal demons and get away with it for a while and so but the anointing of the Holy Spirit is different than just relying on the authority and I think the deliverance ministry needs both. We need to know our authority and we also need to walk in the anointing but the anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the overflow of God's life within us. You know David did not step into the field fighting Goliath until he first experienced and walked with God in his private by fighting lions. Jesus didn't go into the synagogue and start driving out demons until he went through temptation and he overcame those 
those temptations. Uh, wow. Joshua did not go into promised land and start driving out Philistines and all these Jebusites and all of these other ites until the first thing they did in the promised land was to cut their foreskins. They had to be circumcised. And I think that when, when a minister, when a child of God, the soldier of God, and I'm referring to every person that is watching us who is a priest, who is a soldier in the army of God, you don't have to have a fivefold ministry to be called to do the ministry of Jesus. But you and I are called to carry our cross. We are called to live a crucified, circumcised life where our cravings, our passions, our desires, our materialism, our pride, our greed, our evil, ego is cut. It's circumcised. And a lot of people will experience greater measure of God's anointing if they would only, if they would only pick up their cross. A lot of people like, man, I, I just want to experience, you know, more of God's anointing. I just want to have a greater measure. It's very simple. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, live a disciplined life, not for the sake of discipline, but for the sake of your devotion, for the sake of your commitment to Jesus Christ. And that authority will flow freely through your life. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20, that, that we need to be vessels of honor. And these are the vessels that God will use. These are the vessels that God will fill. Now it's true. All of us are called to cast out demons. It's true. It's all about the name of Jesus. But Jesus himself said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God. So it's not only by the name of Jesus. It's also by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit, the relationship with the Holy Spirit is the foundation of every minister's life. And when you develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit, he will confront the demonic. He will confront the darkness as you begin to walk and you begin to minister and so I just want to really encourage every person to be constantly striving constantly surrendering and constantly pressing in to growing closer and closer to Jesus and never take your successful past deliverance as a validation That's or as good. a stamp of approval that your life is pleasing to God Samson wow. was killing left and right and being used by God and literally, you know, went around and slept with prostitutes. You know, Achan, he went and when they conquered Jericho and he committed a compromise, he still had a victory in the city of Jericho. And so our victories that we experience right now are not an indication that God is pleased with our life. It's just an invitation for us to live a repentant life. And God is saying, I'm extending mercy. I love you. I know you're screwing up. I know you have no discipline, but hey, I'm giving you mercy and I'm, in, I'm using this as my goodness to draw you to repentance, so not to validate that what you're doing I'm pleased with, but to invite you to say, hey, spend time with me, begin to pray, begin to fast, begin to spend time in my word. Don't just simply go in and you know the tactic and you go through the motions and you're like, well, the anointing is upon me. I know how it works and you live however you want to live, sleeping with your girlfriend, smoking, drinking, but it's like, hey, but I'm, you know, I know the power of the name of Jesus. Yes, but you can also go to hell and stuff. Wow. So you don't want to do that. We, we want to live holy and righteous before God. Like Paul says, I don't want to go and do all this ministry and then myself be disqualified. So good. I wanted to um, go into the next error, Vlad, that we've been seeing. And again, I'm going to say what I think you could say. Feel free to go how you want to go here. But I would say creating extra biblical methods to get demons out. And let me just say one that I've seen go around with several people that are doing deliverance for the last several months. This is not a new thing, by the way, guys. You know, we get emails every single day. We, we basically ask people on the deliverance map that have gone through deliverance, send us your experience, right? Send us your testimony. Send us what happened in your deliverance. And I hear time and time again, 
not not just someone charged me for deliverance, but someone told me I had to give to be delivered. So they tied giving into the casting out of demons. And let me just make something clear. There is a lot of amazing things that happen when you give money. The Bible speaks of a lot of amazing things that happen. God blesses their seed. We know all the things that happen when we give money. Demons coming out is not one of those things in the Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus said you have to give money for the demons to come out of you. So I'm just going to say for myself, I can't speak for anybody else. I do not believe biblically that there's you have to give money to be delivered now let me say that we're not talking about people charging that's a whole nother day right that's not what we're talking about we're talking about when somebody might say if you don't give for instance i got an email a while back and the person that was doing deliverance on the person that emailed me said if you don't give a certain amount of money these demons won't leave you and god told that person to tell that person right like you need to give a hundred for example you got to give a hundred dollars or these demons won't come out that's not scriptural that's not biblical we don't teach that and i think it's a major error and here's why i think it's an error because you're talking about vulnerable people and you're t you're playing on the fact that they're vulnerable they're desperate mm -hmm. and they'll do whatever you say to do hey if mm -hmm. that's gonna get my demons out i'll give you can have my car and so yep. you get into a very gray area a dangerous area when you start teaching things that are not in the bible so is there anywhere in the Bible where Jesus said you have to give money for a demon to come out? No. Is there anywhere in the Bible where the disciple said, hey, if you don't give, you're not going to get deliverance? You know, no. So money and deliverance do not go hand in hand in scripture. The way that we get delivered is not by giving a certain amount of money. It's by Christ giving his life for us on the cross. On. Deliverance on. is part of the atonement, not you giving $100. So again, mm -hmm. we had to email this person and we have to look into these situations when people are doing this. And I wanna make it clear, we're not talking about charging for deliverance. We're, we're talking about saying your seed somehow breaks power. L let me just say this, if you're a demon and you're in a person, do you really think $100 is going to get you to come out of that person? You really think if someone sows $200 that you think, now that's that's ridiculous to think. Now think about God. Do you think God's sitting there going like, I sent my son to pay for this and this is part of the atoning work, but I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm waiting on that $100 or that $50. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I want to deliver you. And I know it sounds crazy guys, but this is what people are teaching. I want to deliver you, but I can't yet until you sow that $100. Like, no, demons aren't responding to $100. The God's mm -hmm. not responding to $100. All it's doing is creating a bad representation for the gospel and making people bring reproach to us. And so we're, mm -hmm. we don't want to be thrown in that category. Like we don't charge for deliverance. We don't say if you give, you'll get delivered. This is about what Jesus did on the cross, not what mm -hmm. you can do with your bank account. So saying mm -hmm. that certain demons, you know, another thing I'll say that's extra biblical that I've seen in a lot and i teach on renouncing can, and repentance go ahead go can ahead. i can touch I, on can it. I can i add to the money part yes yes um you know in matthew 10 8 when jesus told disciples to go and preach the good news heal the sick he says heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out demons and then right after casting out demons he adds this thing he says freely you have received freely give come on um, i think the ministry of supernatural we have to be extremely careful to start adding money um uh, adding money into charging for events now that i'm gonna go even further and i'm gonna get in trouble with some people and it's okay, it's okay i'm just bro, gonna my we can say whatever we want yeah. go ahead um i am against charging for conferences 
Come on. Where deliverance will be offered. I'm against for charging for sessions where deliverance will be offered. Now, I have good friends. And some of them probably are in the chat right now that have a particular ministry where there is like a monthly fee that you go into. And part of that is you receive uh, prayer. There's also, you know, uh, a, a minister who charges for sessions, but I don't call them sessions as much as like counseling. I see that more as like counseling or like a therapy that eventually comes with prayer. And I do understand the difficulties of deliverance ministries. A lot of times people are not supporting it. So that's the way that some people raise support. I understand that component. And I'm not fully disagreeing with some of the intricate details of how and why people are setting up. And so I want to be careful because I love these friends. They come to our church and, uh, and I honor them. But my perspective personally and the perspective of our ministry, uh, number one is that not to charge people to come to service, not to charge people to come to our conferences. Now, our Race to Deliver conferences are super expensive. Uh, for huge. us to put on the conference, it's, it's a lot of money. We, we rent the facility. We rent everything. And I know how much it costs. So what we do is we minister till and on our conferences, we don't get paid. I don't get paid. I pay for my own flights. I pay, I think hotel gets paid. And last time I think we paid by ourselves. And so, but we don't get honorariums. We serve on our services. We don't get paid for that. We serve to our people. We have digital deliverances twice a month, three hours long. Nobody gets paid for that. Our team serves in that capacity. We teach people it's a privilege to serve. Now, most of them have jobs. Some of them have little partners and other things. And, and when these teams begin to struggle financially, you know, like I would come alongside and help this person or help that person, but I would never, ever, we would never allow the people to begin to connect the seed or money toward giving. It starts to connect this book of Acts chapter 8 verse 18. It says, when Simon saw that through the laying on of apostles' hands, the Spirit was given. And you can honestly, application for this could be deliverance was given, healing was given. He offered them money saying, give me this power also, or give me this deliverance also. And on anyone on whom I will lay hands, that they may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, oh yes, please so into my ministry. Here is the bank account. By the Come way, on. Cash App is better than Venmo. Come That's on. not what Peter said. Now, Peter did not have gold and silver. Okay, so Peter wasn't loaded because he walked with power, but he, did, he didn't have a lot of money. Today, we have a lot of money and very little of power. Preach. But Peter said, your money perish with you. He didn't say your money, wow. you know, help you. He says, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God. So we have to, we have to ask ourselves this question. Is deliverance God's gift or is deliverance mm. God's harvest? Do you reap a harvest by sowing a seed or do you receive that by, the, by faith and from God? And Peter says, you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. And so I think that with the moment we begin to use the ministry of deliverance to get rich financially or to begin to build some kind of a financial thing that we have missed of what the ministry and what the calling is all about. It's not a career that makes you money. It's a calling that makes a difference in people's life. Now, I do believe that people a lot of times will bless the minister who is serving. We, we're open to that. And I think there's a difference when you minister and you ask people to, you know, help and support the ministry. That is totally different than making giving as a prerequisite for deliverance. Now, another thing that I've noticed is they take the scripture of Malachi in the Old Testament where it says that if you will give your tithe, that God will rebuke the devourer. But the context of that is the God rebuking, not the minister. Mm. And the tithe doesn't go to the minister. The tithe goes to the house of God. 
And so these two things are completely taken out of context. When you bring your tithe, God will rebuke the devourer, but that deals mainly with the financial area. That's not you rebuking the devourer. That's not a pastor rebuking the devourer. God will take care of that on his own. And so I really want to encourage especially the younger folks who are maybe in the ministry of deliverance and you don't see financial support and you feel like, man, I want to do this full time, but I just don't have the money. Please do not take the shortcut by beginning to manipulate and beginning to squeeze every single dollar out of a desperate and hurting people. Because the consequences of people using ministry to steal money from people, to take money from people. Remember the servant of Elisha. It did not go well for him. Remember that Achan, when there was a battle taking place, a victory, and God says, don't take it. And he took it. It did not go well for him. Remember Judas. He was also a part of the deliverance healing ministry. And he was doing dubious things with finances. It did not go well for him. Anytime you combine the anointing and you start going into gray areas in the area of finances, it, it just always leads to dangerous things. In fact, I went as far as I want to stay pure. This is not to brag about it. This is not to say I'm better than other people. The furthest thing is from the truth. It's just I've seen God's faithfulness. I've seen God's goodness. And as a result of that, you know, I've decided to even give my books the content, e-courses. I mean, every single thing that most guys will charge for and started to give this stuff out. And and I'm a testimony that God takes care of people. He will take care of your ministry. Listen, those of you who are doing deliverance, don't use the ministry of deliverance to grow and pay for your Come bills. On. If Come God on. blesses you, if the people that are receiving ministry, trust me if that stuff is legitimate and you're not going after money money will come after you but if you're going to go after money you will see this that you will lose the anointing of god and most importantly you will lose credibility and you will hurt the people of god and this idea that if they sow a hundred or two thousand or this sacrificial i'm a huge believer in sacrificial giving we do that every single year with my wife and occasionally i mean we did this last month where my wife went to mexico where we took you know, what comes in, in in one month and then we just gave that to people in need. And so I believe in that. But I believe in that because God tells me to do that. Not because a pastor comes in and says, hey, you need to sow that so I can, you know, bless and pray for your ministry. That's a sheer manipulation and we have to be very careful not to dabble into that because it gives bad credit and a bad reputation to the ministry of deliverance and we don't condone that. So good. And I'm glad that you touched on, I don't think you just, I think you you alluded to it, but you forgot to say, Vlad just literally said, guys, all of his content he's given for free on his website. So his books, his teachings, his e-courses, his school, everything he has, he's giving out free on his website. So he's not just preaching it passionately, he's living it out. You know, I had a couple events last year, Vlad, where they said, it's going to be $30, $50 entry. These are not my events. These are events I'm preaching at. And mm -hmm. two or three events, I told them I will not come if we charge. So to compensate you for not being able to run the event because you have to pay, I will pay my way and I will give my honorarium back to the event. So I don't want any money. I'm coming for free. And I did that several times last year. And I continue okay. to do that because I don't want people People that are desperate and needy having to pay for gas a flight there and then it's like oh by the way you can't come in unless you give us $50 and again we run events guys we know the expenses we know the cost yeah. but we also know that God provides the Bible says Jesus was financially supported by there was several businessmen and business women Jesus was supported financially during his ministry it's in your Bible so we know yeah. that financial support is biblical 
But here's the difference. He didn't charge for ministry. So I've always gone taught this. If the ministers don't follow money, money follows true ministers. So my yeah. uncle, my pastor would always tell me, Isaiah, you don't ever have to follow money. You don't ever have to. As long as you follow God, God will always provide. And let me just go on record to say, 11 years I've been in full-time ministry, guys. 11 years. I got four kids, so you don't want to see my expenses, right? Everyone knows kids. 11 years. I have never, ever in 11 years been on a salary. I have never in 11 years had a guarantee of this or guarantee of that. I've had to live by faith. I've had to trust God that he was going to provide and he was going to. And there were times, Vlad, where my account was in the negative and I'm preaching at these huge events and I'm this. And then me and my wife are sitting on the couch and no one knew this or I didn't tell anyone this except for maybe one or two family members. I've never shared this publicly, but I remember vividly sitting on the couch going, we're going to have to ask your parents to borrow money in the midst of me preaching in these massive churches, traveling, pastoring full time. Never took wow. a salary in 11 years, pastoring full-time. I never had this big salary where I'm getting paid for this or that, no housing allowance, nothing ever. And I'm not, again, this is not false humility, like, oh man, you know, oh, woe is me, and I'm the special guy. This is not to boast, it's to share with you, mm-hmm. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I've oh, never seen the righteous beg for bread. For me personally, my personal testimony is God has provided every single time. I had times where I remember one time, Vlad, I was going to an event, I had negative money in my bank account. The church gave me way lower than they probably should have, right? The check was like ridiculously low. I was gone for five days and I'm like, Lord, how am I going to survive? I was literally glad. This is no lie. I'm at the altar. I got my check, my honorarium the day before. I was like, Lord, I'm in the negative here. We have bills to pay. Like, I know, I know you've told me not to take a salary because this is not that it's wrong to. It's just God had told me not to. I know God. Dude, 20 minutes later, service is over. I'm at this big, huge church. A lady comes up to me and says, God told me to give you this. I just sold a property. This is like 2% from the property I sold. It was a $5,000 check. Mind you, this massive church I'm preaching in, I think they gave Mm -hmm. me $1,000 to be there for like four days, which Mm -hmm. if you guys don't realize, like $1,000 with four kids and rent doesn't do anything, especially in California. Like $1,000 is like four packs of gum and a quarter of your rent. So (laughs) she gives me a $5,000 check, which was like Mm -hmm. exactly what we needed just to be on track that month. And and Mm -hmm. I could could name story after story after story after story of God's provision over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about churches that were like, oh, by the way, you preached six months ago. This offering just came in six months later and it was it was noted to give to your ministry. Like a random church wow. and I'm like over and over the goodness of God. So again, I know we're going long on this, but I think it mm-hmm. is dangerous when we connect freedom with giving because again, Christ has set us free, not money. Mm-hmm. So we don't do that. Another thing I want to touch on, Vlad, is using certain methods to get to say that's how you get delivered. For example, let me just touch on this because it's a big controversy in the body of Christ, renouncing. Demons do not come out because you renounce. Guys, please hear me what I'm about to say. Demons come out in the name of Jesus. Now, could you get delivered while renouncing? Yes. Could you renounce something and the demon leaves you? Yes. Remember, certain things in our life give demons legal right to be there when we're renouncing things we're just breaking that legal right okay we're just breaking that legal right but it's not the renouncing that drives the demons out it's the authority of christ it's the spirit of god jesus cast out demons by the finger of god which is the holy spirit he said if i cast out demons by the finger or the spirit of god surely you know the kingdom has come so we can't, we got to be careful that we're not using extra methods to say, this is how you get delivered. And if you don't do this, you can't get delivered because it's not true. It does help to renounce. We do the renouncing. I did it last night on mm-hmm. our broadcast. We had a thousand people on zoom and I had everybody renouncing, but it's not, if you renounce the demons come out, 
It's the authority of Christ, the Holy Spirit, that mm -hmm. drives the demons out, not our mm -hmm. methods. So I want to make sure that we're careful that we don't add a bunch of extra methods to say, you got to do this or you can't be delivered. Um, this is about the authority and the power that Jesus has given us and that Jesus has, not our methods. I don't know, Vlad, maybe there's some methods you might have seen. Yeah, yeah, have... I agree. Honestly, I just want to add to that as well. I think that we have... And I, I appreciate the people that have went before us and who have made it simple and outlined very simple practical steps on, you know, recognizing. I have like eight or nine R's, recognizing and then repenting, renouncing, uh, resisting, rebuking, uh, replacing. There's a whole, a lot of R's. But honestly, when I'm looking at the deliverances that Jesus did, he did it no ours at all he just commanded them out there was even in some cases now we don't understand we don't know for sure if that's all that it happened most likely there was a lot of discourse that was taking place it wasn't just like in one verse how jesus commanded them out there's there's probably more stuff that happened there because the bible says that if everything would have been written you know the books of this world wouldn't be able to contain it and so but the idea that if you don't follow a formula or if you don't follow mm, a ritual, that's it. if that's you it. don't get every demon to confess, if you don't have the demon to pronounce their own doom, and I agree with all of that. I just don't think that that's required for every situation. If you don't have an hour meeting with them or like you go through everything in their past, if they remember everything that they've done, if they remember everything their ancestors have done, if you don't, if you didn't like call out every single demon out. Now, we believe in that. We practice that. But to reduce deliverance to this very thorough one-on-one, uh, -on -one, you know, going through that, and that's the only way deliverance could that's happen. Good, it's actually going against the gospel because in the gospel, most of the deliverance took place by the power encounter, the power of the Holy Spirit delivered people. Now, did it happen fast or quickly? We can debate on that. But the issue is that there was no formula. Jesus didn't give us a formula. And so to rely on formulas now because we have had greater experience, because we have done a lot deliverance or other people have done uh, deliverance and to say that if you don't follow this formula, and this is what I've noticed, Isaiah, a lot of people who push the formula idea, who don't rely on the Holy Spirit more, People who go through their deliverance, they still don't get delivered. Mm. They still need more deliverance. They still go to another and another and another. Some people I have met that go for 10, 15. And I wonder sometimes if we have made people addicted to deliverance. And we, and we pretty much keep people like sometimes doctors not all doctors but some doctors where they honestly they just get you hooked on pills so you keep coming not every doctor is like that but there are doctors who literally get you hooked on pills because they that's how the business the hospitals are ran if you keep coming for more keep coming for more and keep coming for more and so we have to go back to the gospel and we have to understand is that yes there are practical principles there are certain rules we follow you know demons have a legal right that right has to be canceled but how many times jesus delivered people and he did not the guy the, uh, the guy at, um, at a legion of demons, like you don't see Jesus leading him even through a prayer of repentance. Wow. The demons, he was just desperate. Jesus cast him out. The Gentile woman, he didn't convert her and says, hey, you need to repent of your pagan ways. He just says, hey, okay, your daughter is free now. We see so many other people, the woman with the spirit of infirmity, Jesus doesn't lead her even through prayers of renouncing or repentance. He just cast, casts out the demon right there and then. And so I think to limit deliverance to this particular way, this ritual that we now perfected that Jesus somehow did not know anything about will be faulty. 
So good. Vlad, our internet just went out. Our stream just went out. Let me see. It says trying to reconnect here. I'm recording though, so it doesn't matter. I'm recording it either way. But yeah, everyone's in the chat saying it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. We're going to try oh, yeah, to reconnect it. here. It's completely, my internet's fine, but it's completely gone on OBS. So let me give me one second, Vlad, here. Just hang tight with me, and we're going to see if we can fix this. This is not good, bro, because... Oh, wow. Have yeah, I don't know how to reconnect. No, I've never had this happen. And I don't know how to reconnect because we're on that same stream key. So let me see. It's trying to reconnect right now, but it's not It's not oh connecting. The devil is a liar. Hold on, let me see, bro. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah it says on my OBS reconnecting here. I'm like, why is Alan Parr showing up on my videos now? <laughs> oh yeah, I just got fully disconnected here. Okay, let me see what we can do. Give me one second. Hmm. I'm trying to think maybe is it reconnecting? No, it's not going to reconnect. I wonder you if I can just go live. Yeah, I wonder if I could just go live. How am I going to do this? I don't I don't even know how to go live without an event. That's the problem. Maybe just on a restream homepage. Yeah. Okay, let me look. Give me one second. Set up for Zoom or OBS. Offline encoder. Devil is a liar. Okay, let me get this code. I'm going to try to just go live on our pages here. Okay. Let's see. Give me one second. Man, that's crazy. I know, dude. That's so lame. Uh, let me see. I'm just going to copy just the title. And I'm going to have to change these. Give me one second. Edit settings. Create event. No, I don't want an event. I just want a title. All right, I'll do everything later. I'm going to try to just do this real quick. Uh -huh. Save. Okay, let's see. Oh, no, I have to do it for both of ours. Should I just go on mine and try to just go on my YouTube? Let me try yours, too. Let me see. Hold on. Oh. Dude, this has never happened before. My OBS is completely... Let me stop streaming here. It's completely at zero. It won't even connect. Let's see. Edit settings. I'm going to try one more yeah, thing Yeah, we just died. You're on um he's disconnected yeah, all right just, i'm gonna try just, i'm gonna try to just go live okay give me one second okay let me output recording stream and try this new one I should probably learn how to do this in case this ever happens because I literally only use it. Yeah, yeah, with mine, I could just go live straight from the eCam. That's what I'm going to try um, right now. So hang in, hang in here. I'm going to go live right now and see what happens. Okay, so it's picking up on Restream. So I think if I turn our channels on, we'll just go live here. All right, okay. so let me turn our channels on. Um, man, okay. Let me turn our channels on. All right, it's sending data. It's like we should be live. Tell me if you see you're live here. It will be a different video, but it will. Okay, it I, should see, be live. I see. It says Vlad, Vlad All right, I see. All right, guys, everybody join in. We are we are live again on a different page. We'll give everybody a second here. You know what? Let me do this. Um, we'll just give everybody a second here. So let's see. I wonder how I could get the chat on restream. Let me exit and try to reopen it. We lost connection, guys. Our program completely shut off. So we are trying to reconnect here. Everybody refresh. Let's check Facebook. Are we on Facebook? Hello, hello. 
The devil is a liar. Okay, it looks like we are on Facebook as well on a, on a new video. So, well, hopefully people will refresh and get on here. Okay, yeah, I see you on Facebook. Okay, we're back on. All right, we'll give everybody a minute. Everybody share and like. We just lost. We had almost 4,000. We lost everybody. Yeah, I don't know, guys. The program completely shut down. And we were I was trying to figure out how to go live manually because we go live in events. So we're not going to let the devil stop us tonight. We are, we are uh, towards the end, but we are going to keep going on here. we got a couple more things to go over. Everyone's saying we're all here. You kept freezing. Yeah, we, we were completely shut off. Our, our program completely turned off. So it looks like we are live. Give us just 60 seconds here, guys. Everybody like and share again. Let's get this algorithm back on here in Jesus' name. This is all part of being online. Uh, me and Vlad go through this often, these technical errors, but we got to just flow with it here. So go ahead, guys. We're actually recording the whole thing, too. So we have the whole recording. We may just upload the whole thing. Maybe we delete the live live and we upload these videos on our channel or something. We can definitely do that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so here we go. Everyone's reconnecting. We're recording the whole thing, guys. Don't worry. We'll, we'll post it under, 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 uninterrupted probably tomorrow or something. So we're back on. There's a thousand of you. Everybody share. Okay, so Vlad was talking about it was so good. I have it recorded, so we're gonna make sure everyone hears it. But Vlad was basically talking about sticking to one specific method. Uh, maybe you want to just touch on it towards the end again, Vlad, while everyone's jumping in here. But basically, it's like, man, we don't want to lock ourselves into one method, whether it's renouncing, whether it's saying this, whether it's doing this method, having the demon repeat after you, saying this, and deliverance. We want to make sure that we're led by the Holy Spirit and we're not led by the demon or letting the demon tell us how to do things or letting our past experience tell us how to do things. So we want to make sure we're biblical. And Vlad was talking about when Jesus did deliverance. We Again, we do renouncing. We believe in this. But we want to make sure that we're staying on what the Bible says. And we don't make a practice of this has to be the way for the deliverance to take place. Maybe touch on the end of what you're saying, Vlad, about the methods. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Honestly, one time I was reading the scriptures again. And just rereading the deliverance stories. The, the way that Apostle... Paul cast out the demon, uh, the spirit of divination out of that girl. And I'm like, man, uh, didn't he, wasn't he supposed to like, uh, you know, like lead her first through this prayer, through that prayer. And, I, and I'm all, <coughs> excuse me, and I'm all for it. That we have to lead people through repentance, that we have to lead people through renouncing. We have to lead people through throw away certain things in their life. But in the scripture, we do see a lot of deliverances taking place by, I call it a power encounter. And they know that. Mm. Um, what's his name? Don Dickerman talks a lot, a lot about the truth encounter as well. And I think that these are not necessarily contradicting each other. They complement each other. But we should not say that every deliverance is only this like truth encounter or every deliverance has to be only a power encounter. I That's think that good. it's both. Jesus says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And then he said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so I think the method that gets the demons out is the most effective one is the one that works at that situation and i think that you can't use a sugar uh, not sugar a uh, cookie cutter method and approach to every si single situation because we will be disappointed I, I was using an example of ministers a lot of times who would advocate that this is the only way and if you don't do it you will not be effective and they might be effective in the particular with one or two or three or another person but a lot of times those people they go through more deliverance than they go to other people's ministries uh they get deliverance i even noticed and sometimes the critics of deliverance ministry will say well look at this you know you guys have these uh actors and they seem to get delivered on everyone's um 
live streams and everybody's ministries and they don't understand how deliverance works. A lot of people, they're actually, you know, getting layers and layers of yep. deliverance from different ministers. They're not actors. They're desperate people and calling them actors is this distasteful. It's it's wrong. Yep. It's lowering their, it's honestly like attacking their dignity. They're desperate and hungry for deliverance. But are some people doing it for show? Yeah. Are some people addicted to deliverance? Yeah. But still, there are genuinely hungry people that are looking for deliverance and I think that we should not reduce ministry of deliverance to a ritual that every person has to follow because Jesus did not give us a formula and he did not give us a ritual. Our experience should give us some methods and some principles that we should be wise to listen to and adhere to but to make them into rules that the Bible did not make will be limiting the power of the Holy Spirit in the ministry of deliverance. So good and I think we have to be open to the new things that God is doing in our own lives. So if we're so used good. to casting out demons a certain way I've my methods change all the time because the Holy Spirit is telling me to do this do this Jesus sometimes was, would spit on the person's eye other times he spit in the person's ear, put his finger in their ear, did this or that, used dirt. I mean, there's other things he did. Sometimes the disciples said, get up and walk, pick up your mat. I mean, there's all these uh -huh. ways, variations. That's what I'm trying to say, that Jesus yeah. did miracles. So there's not one specific way. And we, if we just think this is the way it has to be, then we're closing the Holy Spirit off from doing other things and delivering other ways. And I wanted to touch on that as well, Vlad, the deliverance addiction. That's an error in deliverance, we know. But I would say this, guys, deliverance is getting prayer. If we're telling people, you know, don't get more deliverance, you're telling them just don't get more prayer. So we'll I think it. it's not abnormal we'll for people to go through multiple deliverances, especially if I always ask on this, Vlad, well, how long was your last deliverance? Oh, well, someone prayed for me for like a minute and a half at the altar. You know, that's mm -hmm. great. And then God can deliver and there's that power encounter. I love that. But maybe you need some more deliverance. Maybe you need some yeah. longer session. Maybe you need someone that knows what they're doing. So we yeah. can't just say, oh, that person was on that person's video, that person's video. They're seeking more freedom. And then yeah. the other side of it is like, hey, I, I would I would say this. If some of you are out there, you say, hey, maybe I'm addicted to deliverance. Maybe I've been in 10 deliverances, 15. I would say this. This is my advice to you. This is the antidote, in my opinion, take a break from getting deliverance, okay? Take a break, take a week or two, a month, mm. stop going through deliverance to deliverance, take a month of no deliverances and start disciplining yourself. So replace the deliverance with discipline. So now it's like, I'm not gonna go get delivered, 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 I'm gonna work mm -hmm. on my prayer life. I'm gonna mm -hmm. work on reading the Bible every day, whether it's this amount or that amount. I'm gonna work on my intimacy with God. I'm gonna work Love on my that. worship life. I'm gonna work on my lifestyle of praise. And so I'm not gonna substitute any of it for deliverance. I'm gonna take some time off because I feel like mm -hmm. I've gotten to a place where I'm addicted to deliverance, where I just need more and more and more and more and more. And now instead of saying I need more and more deliverance, I need you, God, I need you to fill me. Because what you're gonna find is for some of you, you actually don't even need more deliverance. You just need to get full of the Holy Spirit. You just need to draw mm -hmm. closer to God. As mm -hmm. you draw closer to Christ, as you draw closer to God, those desires begin to change. Those desires yeah. begin to disappear. Those things that you thought were a demon, which leads mm -hmm. me to another point I want to make, Vlad, is not, not everything's, everything's a demon. A demon. Not everything's a demon. And that's an error. Is that an error? Yes, it's an error. Do we believe that? No, we don't, okay? Don't let other people speak for us. We don't believe that everything mm -hmm. is a demon. So anyone that said, oh, these guys believe, we don't believe that. The problem is you don't think anything's a demon. So you never challenge the devil because nothing's a demon, nothing's a demon. Ouch. We just believe that what the Bible Ouch. calls a demon is a demon and we deal with the demon with mm -hmm. deliverance. You can't crucify mm -hmm. demons and you can't cast out the flesh. So we have to deal with the mm -hmm. flesh right and, the, and mm -hmm. the demons right. So we're very balanced when it comes to deliverance. Not everything's a demon. There are some things that are just 
the flesh. There are some things that are just, you need to discipline. There are some things that are physical things that you need healing from, like literal mm -hmm. healing, not necessarily deliverance. So no, mm -hmm. don't walk around thinking every single thing is a demon, a demon, a demon. We got to be more God conscious than demon conscious. And I'm saying this as a guy that is like, all for deliverance. Um, mm -hmm. If you guys think we're backing down, we're slowing down, we're going harder than we've ever gone on deliverance, okay? We're training mm -hmm. more people than we've ever trained. We're teaching mm -hmm. more than we've ever taught and we're doing more deliverance than we've ever done. So we're not backing down at all, but we just want to bring some healthy clarity to let people know that not everything's a demon and we got to break this deliverance addiction. I want to be addicted to God. I want to be addicted Come to on. prayer. I want to be addicted to the person of Jesus Christ. I want to be addicted to his presence. I want to be addicted to doing his will, doing his work, fulfilling his calling, mm -hmm. not just getting delivered over and over and over again. So mm -hmm. for some of you, I get it. You've been in that and you may need that. But please don't let the devil lie to you thinking you need more and more and more. And, and that's the only way that God can do it because God has a plenty of other ways that he can also bring healing, bring wholeness, and not everything mm -hmm. is, is a demon. Go for it, Vlad. You got any other yeah. ones? Uh, no, I'll, I'm going to just add to what you mentioned. When Israel was going through uh, deliverance from Egypt, which is a prototype of us getting out from this world, like you've noticed there was 10 plagues that um that were given it wasn't instantly when they possessed promised land this did not happen in one battle there were many battles and so for those of you who feel like you're getting more delivered and you're getting more delivered i just would encourage you that you don't reduce your deliverance only to just demons being cast out because deliverance That's will good. continue even after demons are cast out you will be uh, training your mind strongholds will be broken you will be also getting disciplined in your life and stuff so we there's a common problem that we're facing right now and i know that initially when i when we started to practice ministry of deliverance or doing ministry of deliverance i did not understand this and i honestly i'm not an expert in this area that i'm going to address right now is that not every disorder is a demon Mm. A lot of people, they really begin to see that mental disorders as demons. And in fact, it's just how most people in the church perceive, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. Um, all of these things, all, all of them are demonic. Just because there are stories in the Bible of somebody being delivered and afterwards they were mentally healed, it does not mean that this is a rule for every situation. The same way as the lady who was bent for many many years was delivered and then she was healed it does not mean that every person who has a back problem has a demon now jesus mm. did go healing those oppressed by the devil so ultimately you know the devil has his hand in every pain and suffering of this world but we can't begin to look at every person for example i remember first time that it happened when somebody had a seizure in the church and you know our ushers kind of ran and you know these and I think zealous precious believers out 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 you know and so i remember i came up and i'm asking the family i said hey is what's happening with this person um what's what happened before this do they have a mental disorder is there something that's taking place and they're like hey yeah this person has a a tumor in their brain and so because of the size of the tumor they have seizures now i'm not saying that the demon is not responsible for the tumor but to begin to treat every single seizure as demonic or to begin to look at every single disorder as demonic it shows that a person does not understand that your brain is a physical organ and it has mm. chemicals a brain is like a piano and your mind is like a pianist you know if if a pianist is good but the keyboard is not good he's not going to be able to play music really well 
And some people did drugs. Some people were because of the abuse. And some people had certain traumas that happened to them that physically damaged their brain. And if you don't think that's possible, like if you can hurt your leg, by going through an accident or if you can lift weights incorrectly and mess up your back, okay? This doesn't mean that you have a demon in your back. And the same thing is with the brain. Sometimes people can have certain brain injuries or certain problems in their brain that could be demonic. Some of them could be as a result of sin, like it happened with Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride. He went mental for a few years. We know that a guy who was running around naked completely out of his mind. The Bible says actually after his deliverance, he was clothed in his right mind. So yes, it could be demonic, but to label every single disorder as demonic is disservice to people that are suffering, to people that are hurting. And also it just shows ignorance on our end. And so, I mean, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counselor, but I think every deliverance minister has to have a basic understanding and need to kind of learn a little bit more, at least some differentiation between demons and disorders. A lot of times it's both. There is a disorder that needs to be healed and there's a demon that needs to be cast out. We've seen this in our ministry so many times where a person will come in and one of the questions that we ask if they have, they've been to the doctor, what did the doctor diagnose them with? And we don't tell that person, oh, that's it, the, doc the doctor is a liar. You don't have a disorder. You don't have a schizophrenia. You don't have bipolar. You don't have uh, post-traumatic disorder. All you have is a demon and we're going to get the demon out. All of that is going to be gone. The problem with that is that when a person gets delivered, they experience this emotional high, they experience a release. It does not mean their brain is fixed. And if you tell them to stop taking medicine, if you tell them that, hey, you're free, you're healed, everything is good, you have no more problems, this person takes all of their medication, throws it into the toilet, destroys it, and we've had this happen. But we didn't tell the person to stop taking meds. And then three weeks later, you know, first week we follow up, everything is good. Second week, everything is good. And the third week, you know, this person starts having episodes. You know, of course, we did more deliverance. And then um, it was actually Bob Larson that kind of helped me to understand. And he, he really kind of said, and I think that this is a missing component in deliverance and errors, is that when somebody gets delivered from demons, it does not automatically mean they got healed or whatever disorder that they had. And telling them to stop taking meds is really not only unwise, it's wrong. Some people can take their life because mm. they're not taking the meds that they need to take. And so we have people ever since then that we've really started to take this very cautiously and carefully with cases of mental disorder. We drive out the demons 100%. But if they had a mental disorder, we still continue to tell them, you need to go see the doctor, you need to go see your therapist, whatever. And if you've taken medicine, we are not at the place to tell you to take medicine or not take medicine. We're not doctors. So you go to your doctor and let the doctor wean you off of the medicine. I wrote from one doctor, Dr. Stephen Waterhouse, in his book, Strength for His People. He deals with the difference between demons and disorders. Now, again, I'm not an expert in that, so I'm going to quote, quote him. And he shares pretty much six differences between demons and disorders. The first one is that an attraction or aversion to religion. Demons want to do nothing with Christ. People with disorders actually are very religious. They're hungry for God. People who have disorders, if you notice, they want Jesus. They want to read the Bible. Uh, people who have demons, that's the opposite. Demons want to do nothing with Jesus. The second difference is irrational speech and rational speech. In the New Testament, we see that accounts involving demons, demons spoke in a rational language. Untreated people with schizophrenia will often speak nonsense and jump rapidly 
between unrelated topics. The third difference is ordinary learning versus supernatural knowledge. Demons in the New Testament would speak through people to convey knowledge and other, that otherwise the person who was possessed or demonized did not know. People with mental disorders or people with uh, all kinds of uh, mental issues that they have no such ability to know these facts that are not acquired by normal learning. The fourth difference is normal versus occultic phenomena. There's an aspect to demonic activity that's just plain spooky. I mean, demons, the way they behave, the supernatural strength they exercise during the manifestation. And so, and that's what happens when there is a demon. With people with mental disorders, they don't have these supernatural abilities. And the fifth difference is people with mental disorders always claim that they have a demon. Demons actually love to be hidden. Demons don't want to make their presence known unless the presence of the Holy Spirit and this fire exposes it. And so people, authors or people who have done deliverance and those of us, we will know that demons love to be secretive and they do not voluntarily claim to be present. And the last difference is the effect of counseling and therapy. If prayer solves the problem, then probably it was not mental. If medicine helps to alleviate the problem, it's probably not demonic. And so if you're noticing the person is taking meds or a person is seeing the counselor and it, it's helping them, then maybe it wasn't a demon. But if deliverance happened and they were completely free and the doctors can help them to wean off of medicine, then well, praise God. That means that they, they got delivered and this issue is gone. We currently have few people actually that went through traumatic, really, really difficult abuse in their life and it's usually through trauma that mental faculties get affected and certain chemicals get thrown out or sometimes because of abuse of drug or drugs or um, ceremonies satanic ceremonies where certain stuff is done that literally person's mind cannot handle it and it breaks and so and yes those people had demons the demons were cast out but these people are still going through healing they're, they're delivered, they're freed. It doesn't mean that they cannot get a demon again, but now they're working through those issues. We have certain doctors that we work with that are helping those people. They're going through counseling. They're learning to build new strongholds in their mind and walk with Christ. And so if we would not have that understanding, I feel like, and going at every single case and treating it as demonic is dangerous. I've seen some deliverance videos where, you know, a child has an autism or the child has a particular you know mental disorder and deliverance minister would like yeah you're free and the child is still has autism like this mm. and that's one other error is to declare somebody free who is not free it's, it's one thing if you declare them free when they are free but it doesn't mean they got healed and so we should not combine that all together deliverance ministry deals with demons it doesn't deal always with healing and it doesn't always deal with disorders and we have to just kind of know the parameters of that ministry so good and i want to make something clear too just because i'm reading the chat vlad is not saying that demons can't cause mental illness mental disorders or no. sickness what vlad is saying just to make it clear because a lot of you obviously it's clear you don't know you can't like distinguish what he's saying He's saying not every single time is a mental yeah. illness a demon. So what he's saying yeah. is if you have someone come that's mentally ill, physically, physiologically, there's a chemical missing in their brain and you keep telling them that's a demon, that's a demon, that's a demon, and it's not, they may need healing, then you're you're not prescribing them the right thing. So yes. the Bible says when they brought the boy to Jesus, they said, 
Your disciples couldn't heal my son, right? And Jesus didn't heal the boy. He cast the demon out of the boy. The disciples yes. were praying healing. Jesus prayed yeah. deliverance. So we, mm -hmm. we got to know there's a difference between healing and deliverance. So for those of you in the chat are like, I disagree, I disagree. We're, we're making something very clear here. We're saying not every time it's a demon. Not yeah. every sickness honestly, is a demon. Yeah, and I, Isaiah, I'm going to apologize for interrupting. No, and good. I would agree. I would agree with every person who was in the chat until you become a pastor and you follow up with people. Good. That's one thing. It's one thing when you do a conference and people shake and bake. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm delivered. Oh yeah. 12 years of mental disorder is gone. PTSD is gone. Everything is gone until you follow up two weeks later, it's three good. weeks later. When parents come with children, you know, autistic children or other things, yeah, everything is a demon. Well, okay. Explain to me then where are those deliverances? Where are the testimonies? I'm not talking about in the moment of the deliverance, but where those doctor verified doctors reports. Now we have some, but not as plant, not as many as I know that God has for us in the ministry of deliverance. I do believe that there are demons behind mental disorders, but I don't believe that there are demons behind every mental disorder. And we have to be able to treat some people. We have to pray for healing. We have to minister to their wounds and deal with the whole inner healing part, forgiveness and walk through the process. And some people need to be delivered. Now, when people come for deliverance and they ask us for deliverance, we pray for deliverance. But if we know that they had problems with their mind or with their brain and some other things, we don't end it there. Now, the reason why I'm passionate is because I had a guy that took his life that mm. we prayed for four years. Okay. And this guy was as committed to Christ as Honestly, I don't know anybody who was as committed as him. And so there was no like obvious big open doors. We prayed through deliverance. We were involved in four month battle with him. He had this fear that came upon him to drive. Now I dealt with that before. So drive out the spirit of fear, praise God. The person sits and starts driving. Those who couldn't drive, we would teach them to renew their mind with the scriptures. I did all of that. We took him to other ministers. We had other ministers from other countries fast and pray with us for that. So this was not to say that we didn't do our part. It's a fourth, four month battle that happened. And so, but before this, we've had another case. There was a bus driver. So this was a truck driver, bus, bus driver, it was a similar case. He came, he right away was like, hey, it's a demon. I can't work. Something is driving me crazy. So we prayed deliverance. He didn't manifest, but he's like, I feel better, but I still can't function normally. We prayed more deliverance and then he actually went to the doctor. And so the doctor prescribed him with heavy dose of medicine for a short period of time and snapped him out. And then he weaned him off of that medicine. Within six months, this guy was as fresh as new, still loves his family, still drives the bus. Everything is fine. So this new guy that's in our church moves from another uh, state. He comes to our church and everything is good. Serving God comes to morning prayers. I see him. Great guy. Gold heart. And just out of nowhere, this thing happened. I know it was a generational curse. It's a spirit of death. And we came against it. We prayed against it, renounced it, did the whole nine yards. And then afterwards, you know, we tell him, hey, maybe you need to go see the doctor. But I wasn't like convinced about it. I was still thinking that maybe it's a demon, that we just need to deeper anoint him. But I'm like, man, four months, we've had every minister I knew that have ministered to this guy and he still can function normally as he should function. And so instead of persuading him to go get medicine. You know, we were kind of like, yeah, maybe you should go check it out. But he was like, no, no, it's not a medical thing. It's not a medical thing. And so, um, yeah, he took his own life. I had to cut the rope in the garage. Wow. And after that, um, Tragic. It, it, it hit, uh, it hit, it hit hard. It hit home. Um, I don't blame myself. 
for what happened. I know that the enemy, you know, took his life and um, and all of this stuff. But after that, I've met with few deliverance ministers who understand also the mental component of things. And I asked them, I said, what could I do better next time? I don't want to have people commit suicide after the deliverance. And some of you are like, wow. But like, how many people do you know that you prayed for deliverance? Those of you who are deliverance ministers, how are they doing now? You know, and so after that, we kind of made a decision. Hey, we really want to treat this with the respect to human brain as we're dealing with the spiritual, but not neglect that so that we can help the whole person instead of just dealing with the demonic. So this is where kind of my passion is coming from. And uh, yeah, okay, that's so it good. No, it's so good. And I think you may I think you've made it really clear. I think people are just, you know, confused on that first point. But it's, it's clear, guys, we're letting you know there's other variables than just yeah. everything is a demon. And that ties into what we talked about earlier is not everything is a demon. I wanted to, now we have a lot more we can go. We have been live guys for an hour and a half here. I want to respect Vlad's time as well. But I want to just uh, maybe say one more error. Again, there's more that we can go and we can do another part two some other time. But as being a lone ranger deliverance minister, guys, this mm-hmm. is one of the biggest errors is being a lone ranger, thinking that you're the only one that does it. No one else does deliverance. No one else does it like you. You know, I have no accountability. I'm not a part of any church, any body. I tell people all the time, if you can't find a church, start one in your living room. I mean, get just get a group of people together for prayer. Get around some friends, some family. Find somebody, disciple somebody into it if you have to. But don't be a lone ranger. One of the reasons why... Me and Vlad are close. Me and Pastor Mike are close. Me and Pagani are close. I have spiritual coverings. I have spiritual fathers. I have pastors that are overlook me. I have pastors that tell me, hey, this isn't right. This is right. Always speaking in my life is because I know the devil would love to isolate me. And one thing, Vlad, I know is a, 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 an assignment from the devil on deliverance ministers is isolation. He wants yeah. to get you alone under that tree saying there's no one else out there. I'm the only mm-hmm. prophet like that Elijah syndrome. And God is saying, no, there's 7,000 other that haven't bowed their knee. Go find them. And so I would say I, I part of me is preaching this, preaching this. The other part of me says, I know how rare it is and how hard it is to find a church that whether it does deliverance or believes in the Holy Spirit or believes in revival. So I don't want to throw out all of you that are like, well, there is no one around me. I get it. I I know how Mm -hmm. that is. I get how that feels. But I want to say, raise raise something up. Start a Bible Mm -hmm. study in your home. Start a prayer meeting in your home. Get some people around you. Get some accountability. Listen, you might need to go on the deliverance map and find somebody on there and say, hey, can we, can you disciple me? Can we connect? Because I'm looking for someone in my area to help me. I I don't want to be a lone ranger. I think Mm -hmm. there's power in unity i think there's protection in numbers there's a reason why the the lion doesn't go after the herd he only goes after the one so the devil will target you if you try to be a lone ranger now maybe at first you are but it's not going to be sustainable so i would definitely challenge you get a part of a local church if you can't find one start one start a bible Mm -hmm. study start a prayer meeting but try to be a part of something so you're not by yourself because the devil will target those that are by themselves yeah, and I think that if you are living like that as a deliverance minister, guess what happens? You're going to produce people the same yes. who are just like you. And instead of making demons homeless, you're going to make Christians homeless where they will mm. not have a home. They're not going to belong to a particular uh, place. And it's true, like Isaiah says, a lot of times there are churches or ministries where you might not feel accepted. Uh, we have some people who get kicked out of their church because of their yep. deliverance. If you get kicked out of the church, then hey, start meeting with other people, start serving other people. And, and if you are watching right now and you don't have a church and honestly you have honestly your own almost like your own church now where practice that practices deliverance i'm going to take this moment to invite you to our pastors conference 
we have our first ever pastors conference in about two months that will deal with how to incorporate deliverance in the ministry and how to also use uh, create an online church with a in-person church mm. and so and we really honestly are just inviting people like us who don't have anybody to talk to or who don't have anybody who can understand how do you incorporate deliverance without making your ministry a deliverance ministry yet at the same time highlighting this part and how do you do it practically are there some protocols that to be followed how do we you know kind of make it as part of our services as part of our ministries how do we teach our life group leaders or small group leaders to do it and so i really felt one of my assignments this year is to help people who are pastors young pastors i have quite few of them reaching out and some of them isaiah they um they started, they got kicked out of the church ever since yep. they started to listen to you. So I think the Preach. blame is actually on you, Preach. not on me. <laughs> Bro, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, I got I got in trouble at my church for trying to pray for people. I'm like, what? I got in trouble at my church for starting a prayer meeting. I started listening to you and I started praying and reading and my pastor got mad. I'm like, what are we, yeah. you know, it's like the Cardinals is like, okay, what? No one's allowed to have the Bible, but the pastor, it's just, yeah. it's sad, but there are people that are lonely. And so jump on that. Okay. I'm going to give one more Vlad and then you give one more and then we'll end. I know. Cause we could go all night on this. This is the last one I want to give. I have a whole bunch more, but I want to give one more just so I don't overload it too much here is staying inside your realm of authority. It is an error to try to go outside the realm of authority God has given you. Now, let me make something clear. There, now, some of you are like, of course, we know this. There are believers being taught in churches right now on how to astral project. If you don't know what astral projecting is, it's where you voluntarily pretty much get your spirit outside your body and go into the ethereal plane, which is what the occult and the new age believes. It's the area where demons are at. It's the second heaven. Mm -hmm. The Bible says the devils, the, the Lord of the air, the God of the air, the prince of the power of mm -hmm. the air. He's mm -hmm. the prince of the demons. The devil is not in hell. De devil does not own hell, by the way, guys. If you didn't know that, That's go good. watch my teaching on the devil's kingdom. He doesn't own hell. He rules in the air. And churches That's are good, literally dude. teaching people come out of your spirit, go up in the second heaven and fight principalities and powers. It's dangerous. We're not mm -hmm. called to do it. We've never been given authority against the principalities to bind principalities. Now the Bible says we're wrestling powers, principalities. How are mm -hmm. we wrestling principalities through demonic spirits? Our yeah. calling, this is, again, I'm not saying you're false, you're this, you're going to go to hell. I'm just telling you, if we look at the Bible, Jesus yeah. commanded the disciples to go cast demons out of other people. The book of Acts, go cast mm -hmm. demons. You're never going to find Paul binding the principality of Rome. You're never going to find Jesus going up and saying, I bind the principality of Jerusalem. Oh, our our wow. authority has been given to cast demons out of other people. Now you might mm -hmm. say, well, then how am I supposed to fight the principalities and powers? By casting demons out of people, you are effectively weakening them. I don't have time mm -hmm. to go on this. Basically, principalities command lower ranking demons into people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if I want to weaken a principality, I'm going to cast demons out of people that the principality is ruling over. So that's mm -hmm. how we do it. Again, we don't go into the courts of heaven and try to come against principalities. We don't go up into the second heaven. That's called astral projecting, and it's very dangerous, and you can get yourself in a lot of trouble doing that. Stay in your jurisdiction. The sheriff's so department doesn't go and do things in the city jurisdiction. The city PD doesn't come out in the county. You stay where your jurisdiction is. That's where you're protected. Now, here's the thing. Can you go outside your authority? Yeah. Can you bind principalities and go in the second heaven? Yes, you can. But don't expect God to protect you while you're there. Your protection is in your jurisdiction. So I know a story Don Dickerman's told several times where 
a guy went out of mm-hmm. his jurisdiction and was binding a spirit of death in, a, in an intersection and the holy and he all of a sudden Vlad he started choking couldn't breathe and then all of a sudden he felt like he was going to die and then the Lord spoke to him and said I'm going to protect you this time but I'm not going to protect you the next time don't try to mm-hmm. go and bind these things that you're not you're not you know authorized in scripture to do so I would say be careful with trying to do second heaven warfare trying to if Listen, if somebody's teaching you go up in the second heaven in the spirit and your ethereal body, all that, uh, I would run. Personally, I would run because the Bible doesn't teach it. The Bible doesn't command it. We've been given jurisdiction to drive out demons and we're safe if we do that. If we start going off on these other doctrines, it's it's dangerous territory. I agree 100%. I, I will add, we had a similar situation with the person that was kind of on our team who was doing a similar thing and uh, you know going to particular high points in the city and binding uh, those particular region uh, demons and you know coming against them weakening them the interesting thing is it didn't change anything in the city it doesn't work um, the only time when revival breaks out in like regions is when people repent god did not say if my people bind regional Come demons on. he says if my people repent jesus says pray for jerusalem he didn't say bind the principality even Daniel, where we learn about this principality and regional demons is from the story of Daniel. Daniel never bound them. He actually wept and he interceded and he cried out. And then God sent an angel to start to fight against that principality. And it's interesting that that angel told Daniel this. He says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. If the regional demon could withstand Wow. Our God's archangel 21 days. Who do you think you are? I mean, we're, we don't have these archangels that they fight against those principalities. And why do these regional demons are not going to yield to your and my command? It's because they have a legal right. The people below yes. are yielding to them. And so the only way to weaken their presence is like Isaiah said, is we preach the gospel, we pray for our city, we help the poor, and we begin to do what Jesus told us to do. Cast out demons, heal the sick, demonstrate the gospel, rebel against those principalities. They will conflict with us, but they will not prevail because of that. Um, And last thing that I'm going to share on my end is, I believe that God has, and this this might come in as... um, also a little bit controversial is that we were given authority to command demons not angels of God come on I've noticed that now I'm a fervent believer in the angels of God assisting us during deliverance but I just don't see a verse in the Bible where angels of God are your slaves or servants who are ministers of you and me they're not ministers of us they're ministers to us they minister to us but they're ministers of God the Bible says Israel cried out to God and God sent an angel numbers 20 verse 16 the Bible does not say that Israel commanded their angel to come and deliver them out of Egypt Daniel said to the king my God sent an angel and closed the mouths of lions Daniel knew God's angels yet he never asked or told angels to come and intervene God commands his angels. Even Jesus, I mean, think about Jesus is the commander of the Lord's army. He's actually their boss. But in Matthew 26, verse 53, he says, Do you think, do you not think that I cannot pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? I see a lot of times during deliverance where deliverance ministers, especially young and enthusiastic, I command God's angel. I'm like, Well, I did not know that they work for you. Are you like, 
are they on the staff? Like, is it full-time or is it on a salary? Like, how does that work? You can't command God's angels. They are His angels to command, not yours. That's now, good. you can ask the Father for releasing an angel to assist you with deliverance. But can I remind each person that those of us who are Christians have the Holy Spirit living in us. I'm not saying you don't need angels assistance i'm just saying that we need to rely more on the on the god the holy spirit who lives in us to he lives in you he is god god's angels are god's creation and so i mean i've done deliverances where you know i asked the father to send his angels and people have testified something restrained them and i believe it was the angels of god that restrained those people from punching or attacking me but to develop this theory that now i'm gonna go around and start telling angels what to do during deliverance like they're my bodyguards and so they're not your bodyguards they're not your ushers and i think that we have to tread these waters carefully and not boss angels around so good and that goes into a popular trend is angel cards angel boards an angel mm -hmm. board is basically a Ouija board. It's just as demonic. We just made it you know, a nice version. I just heard just a week ago, someone was telling me a story of someone they knew that was at a very famous church. I won't mention the name because everyone will flame them in the comments, but they were teaching the person and teaching people how to let your angel guide lead you and direct you and speak to you. And I taught about this a couple weeks ago, Vlad. I said, angels are one-way messengers. They bring us messages from God, but they never send mm -hmm. messages from us to God. So we don't yeah. talk to angels, tell them, hey, can you tell God this for me? Or we don't follow angel guides, okay? This is mm -hmm. demonic. So what happens if you start teaching this, like following angel guides, you're opening yourself up to spirits, demonic spirits. We are uh -huh. not commanded to follow angels. We're commanded to follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So we mm -hmm. have to be very careful, guys, because oh, if good. you don't think these are, this is being taught in churches, it is. There's, again, I don't want to use the word, but there are certain churches, that's all I'm going to say, that are teaching, follow your angel guide. If you're in a church that's teaching you how to follow your angel and talk to your angel guide, that's demonic. It's a cult. It's not God. It's new age. If you go look at the new age, they follow yeah. angel guides. They have angel yeah. cards. So all yeah. this stuff has been crept into the church looking for this supernatural experience when you don't need to look anywhere but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has enough encounter, enough experiences, and enough power mm -hmm. for you so that you never need to follow an angel guide. And I, I, I knew this was happening, but I was like, ah, I don't know. And then someone was telling me, a friend they know this was happening, and I was thinking like, mm -hmm. man, we got to talk about this because this is really happening mm -hmm. in the church, and it's, it's a new age spirit. Um, we yeah. want to pray for you guys. I know there's a lot we covered tonight. I'm going to, after our live stream's over, after the people give and all that, I'm going to re-upload this entire video on my channel. I'm going to take down the live and re-upload this video. And Vlad, if he wants, can do that as well, just so I don't have two videos on my channel half and half. But I really mm -hmm. believe tonight God is going to break deception off of people. If you're in this broadcast, you say, Lord, I'm praying this as well, Vlad. Lord, I want to be deception-proof. Yeah. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to start attaching, whether it's giving to get delivered, whether it's you mm -hmm. know talking to demons for so long, whether it's not using common sense, whatever errors that I have yeah. in my own ministry. I'm, I'm asking the Lord tonight, Vlad, Mm -hmm. Lord, search my heart. Make sure, Father, I want to make sure I'm doing everything according to your will. I want to make sure that I'm staying humble and looking at God and saying, God, I want to make sure that I'm doing this pure with a pure heart, pure motives. And I always want the Holy Spirit to be able to check me if not. So, Father, right now, I pray over every single person in this broadcast that, Lord, you would bring wisdom, you'd bring clarity, you'd bring revelation. I pray for every deliverance minister that we would have more of your Holy Spirit, that we would have more of your authority, more of your power. Lord, lead yes. us 
guard us, guide us, direct us. We don't mm -hmm. ever want to be deceived, Father. If, if anyone's in this right now that's yes, being deceived or using deceptive practices, the Holy Spirit is saying it's time to repent right now. Yes. Listen, maybe you're the one of those that says, if you give $100, you could get delivered. You need to repent right now. I'm telling you straight up, you need to repent right now. If you're one of those that have abused God's people, if you've made it into about you or about a show or you've done methods or you've pushed people over or you've lied to people or used deceptive practices, God is giving us all a chance to repent right now. And I, I repent of any ways that I might have done that I don't even know about that are not of God. I just mm -hmm. pray, Lord, that you'd bring forgiveness over all of us, yes. God, that we want to yes. walk righteous before you. Father, forgive us if we've ever, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hurt people in our deliverance ministries on accident, Lord, if we've ever deceived anybody on accident, Lord, whatever it could be, Lord, we pray repentance right now. We repent of any of our ways that are not of you. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd bring clarity, that you'd bring wisdom. I pray that we would properly represent you in the earth. God, yes, that if we've Lord. misrepresented you in any ministry or any way, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us tonight in Jesus' yes, name. Unforgiveness, Father. I just pray healing. I pray deliverance over some of you. Some of yes. you that need deliverance, I just pray tonight. I know we did hours mm -hmm. of deliverance last night, so we're not going to go long on this, but I pray that the Lord would deliver you tonight. That the spirit of deception, the spirit of unbelief, the spirit of confusion, spirit of religion would be broken. We cast it out now. Any occult spirit or new age spirit that's caused you to follow angel or whatever, we break that spirit of confusion. We break mm -hmm. that new age spirit in Jesus' name. We pray the delivering power of God. We pray the finger of God upon you, the spirit yes, of God. Lord. We pray just boldness. Those of you that are like, I want to be involved in the deliverance i pray supernatural boldness in jesus name boldness yes. of the holy spirit be released yes. in jesus name father we just pray tonight do thank what only you, you can do if vlad you want to touch on anything or pray for anything thank you lord, lord we just pray right now for all the deliverance ministers lord for yes. those that are called to the ministry of deliverance and who are not being understood and accepted in their church i pray lord god that you will give them wisdom on how to exit or how to change their strategy and their presentation, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will begin to use them, God, that, that your church is being built, God, that, that the ministry of deliverance will destroy and disrupt the kingdom of darkness, but it's not going to destroy your bride. Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus that you will give him wisdom. Lord, I pray for young churches that are being birthed right now, young men and women who are starting their churches in their homes, God, in their living rooms, that you will begin to grow that, that you will begin to give them wisdom and strategies, that you will begin to give them uh, spiritual fathers and begin to give them a covering, Lord, that they will walk in the way, God, that honors you, in the way that that helps God to take this new movement, this new revival of deliverance, God, into people's lives, into the nations, God. We pray for the world. We pray for the nations right now, Lord, that you will begin to use us, God, to begin to destroy the works of darkness underground, God, that we will begin to see the weakening of the principalities grip over our nation and over our regions, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for people who are right now being harassed, tormented, or who are being vexed by demons, that you will liberate them under the sound of our voice, God. We stretch our hands toward them. We stretch our prayer toward them, God. And we ask you that as distance is not a barrier, you deliver that girl at a distance because her mom was asking for her deliverance. Lord, today we're asking for the deliverance of every person that is watching, re-watching this broadcast. In Jesus' name, set them free right now, Lord. Deliver them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.